Welcome to episode 10 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back. Hello again. So how are you feeling this week? I feel good. Really good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's um, it's pretty exciting to be on the coast. Oh, that moment of coming over the rise, driving from Rockhampton to Yapoon, and that first glimpse of the ocean. Mm. Oh, sparkling it's... in its turquoise blue with the sun shining. And Jasper yelling out, we're coming to get you. Yeah, we're coming was, to get you, Ocean. That, that was pretty cool. Mm. And it is so good to be on the Capricorn Coast and Yapoon, where we're actually staying. We're down at the Discovery Park, Caravan Park in Yapoon, is a wonderful location, especially when you do come along that coastline and you just see all those islands out in the distance of the southern Great Barrier Reef. Fantastic. Oh, the drive is gorgeous. In fact, it could even be considered a little bit dangerous because it's hard <laughs> to take your eyes off that view. It is amazing. The palm trees are swaying in that sea breeze that is blowing in off the water. The water is the most beautiful shade of turquoise, bluey green. It's spectacular. The whole drive between Yapoon right down to Emu Park, which we was we were sort of located at what is known as Kinka Beach, um, the causeway. on the causeway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so not quite halfway, but um, closer probably to the Emu Park end. And that whole drive is just spectacular. And I think yeah, maybe your sense of colour is heightened because we had literally seen. Dirt yeah. and dust. <laughs> and the dry heat of inland Australia, inland Queensland. Oh, the Queensland. drought. Everything is so dry and there's not really a lot of green anywhere. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It was like we'd never seen the ocean before. It was pretty exciting. Look, and coming into the, you know, the tropics certainly did give you that sense that you were in this uh, tropical paradise. I have to say, though, it's still pretty dry. Yes, it is. And... The drought, I mean, the drought is everywhere and it is evident no matter whether you are on the coast of Australia or more inland. It's really quite heartbreaking. But look, we did get to spend one more wonderful activity in Rockhampton before we headed to the coast. And that was at the Heritage Listed Archer Park Rail Museum. Oh, just as a little side note. If there's a train or a train attraction in a town that we are coming to, we absolutely have to visit it because Jasper would never forgive us if we didn't. We, I think we have one of the world's biggest train enthusiasts. And what I love about going to visit the Archer Park Rail Museum is that at least 12 months ago, maybe more, hmm. you know, before we were really in the throes of planning out this crazy idea to pack up and travel around Australia, my mum, Jasper's nanny, sent us a Facebook video to watch, knowing how much he loves watching all different trains. I mean, this kid can literally watch videos of real-life trains coming through crossings, and 
he just loves it. So she had sent us a video from the Archer Park Rail Museum about the special Purry steam tram in Rockhampton. And we watched that video over and over and over again, not really considering that we, you know, I, I joked with him, yeah, we, we can go and visit that one day, but to actually go to the Archer Park Rail Museum and the timing was perfect because five times a year they have a family fun day and it just so in, just so coincided with our visit to Rockhampton. So we were there. It was awesome. And it was such a wonderful sight to see Jasper's excitement when that train pulled in, that, I should say, tram. tram. As Get he, it right, Daddy. He did correct me. Yes, it's not a train, Dad. It's a tram uh, pulled in. And it was pretty cool because we had seen the video we knew that it had a fairly loud whistle horn <laughs> and so we went him prepared with these wonderful earmuffs which were great yes thank you uncle gooey the other thing that i loved about it was as part of the video that we'd seen all those months ago one of the rail museum's elderly volunteers bill who yes. also spoke so passionately about trains and said that he was a, a train enthusiast all of his life we fell in love with him watching the video and then when we got there for the family fun day who was on the ticket booth there selling the two dollar rides for the purry steam tram bill bill head is his name he's i believe been a volunteer for 17 or 18 years and as he uh, self-proclaimed, a, a train buff and worked in that industry all his life. So Wasn't that a pleasure and a privilege <laughs> to meet him? He was just we, gorgeous. We said to him, you're that YouTube sensation. <laughs> <laughs> and he loved it. Uh, so that was, that was wonderful to, to be met by him and then to experience the, the Purry steam tram. With such incredible history as well. I mean, these things were brought out to Rockhampton in the very early 1900s and, mm -hmm. and ran in the town for really quite a short period of yeah, time. Yeah, from 1909 to 1939 was their service. And then they were literally put out to pasture. They like, were. Literally. Yeah, absolutely. And thankfully, not that long ago, some uh, wonderful people stumbled across what you'd probably consider the remains of these of trams, three trams. Mm -hmm. and what they were able to salvage they pieced together the now world's only operating Purry steam tram pretty cool pretty cool and i believe there's there is another one over in paris in france that's in a museum wow so rockhampton as the only operating <laughs> Paris steam go. tram, and it's super cool. And it is, and actually that entire railway station is worth a visit whether that little tram is operating or not. Yes, the mu museum is open uh, for day visits, and we'll put all those details in the show notes because the way that heritage uh, interpretation is presented at that station is really it's wonderful. It's fantastic, isn't it? Mm. So from there, it was really back to the coast and we have to say as we've explored the Rockhampton and the uh, Yapoon areas I know we've said it before but the amount of free stuff for families mm -hmm. that is really uh, you know world-class oh, splash so, zones so and parks and, and botanic gardens and Rockhampton Zoo I mean these are free experiences uh, that are really wonderful for families Definitely, whether you live in these regions or whether you're passing through on your travels, it's we're just 
continually blown away by the amount of free experience available out there and you don't have to go looking for it. It's really easy to find. What was fantastic about Yapoon was what they have done to that foreshore. It is incredible with the Keppel Kraken water splash zone mm -hmm. for kids of every age. Let me tell you, if it wasn't a fairly overcast and, and quite a strong onshore breeze that day, I think I would have been in there playing with Jasper. He had a ball. Yeah, it certainly didn't stop him, did it? No, and the entire foreshore, they've got a brilliant amphitheatre where they do a lot of events and uh, their Christmas events there as well. But yeah, with that stunning backdrop of the southern the end Barrier of the Reef. Great Barrier Reef, all the islands just spotted along the horizon is really an incredible spectacular. view. Spectacular, mm. yes. The, I have to say though, the Yapoon Lagoon, hands down, was incredible. Look, my understanding is that they had spent $53 million uh, in a an upgrade and a, and a a redesign of that whole area after a, a cyclone, I think, mm -hmm. in a couple of years ago. It's been open for about 18 months, and the design, the layout, the way it is positioned with, again, that backdrop of the Pacific Ocean and the islands is Sweet. amazing. Absolutely. We had a ball there, so definitely one to put on your list when you are in Yapoon. In fact, we loved our time in Yapoon, didn't we? Yapoon really got into our hearts, I think. That region, that Capricorn Coast region, we really fell in love with the environment there. We sure did. But the highlight was just ahead of us, and that was visiting Great Keppel Island. Or as Jasper said, it's not okay, Keppel Island. It's Great Keppel Island. Mm, and Very it good. definitely is great. So to start our journey, we headed to Keppel Bay Marina, uh, which is very accessible. We were able to leave Orange uh, locked up at Discovery Park down at the Causeway, and then we parked our Hilux just in the car park there. Yeah. There is secure parking available, but we... Free parking at the marina. Yeah, we didn't um, feel that that was needed for us anyway. No. And what also makes Great Keppel so great is the accessibility. It literally is a half-hour ferry ride from the mainland of Yapoon, from the marina, and we headed over with Keppel Connections. It was fantastic. I mean, you're literally, you're on board, you're on the water, yeah. and the next minute you know you're pulling up, the uh, the ferry literally pulls up on the sand on Great Keppel. <laughs> so cool. And you walk down the, down the ramp, and your feet are in some of the world's most incredible, white, soft, as you would say, Paul, squeaky, squeaky sand. It's amazing. And there is a reason for that squeaky sand. There's actually some science behind this. And it is because there is a higher silica content within the sand. It makes it brighter, whiter, and it makes it squeak. Oh, and so That's what I've been told anyway. I have to say, we were only on that beach for probably 10 seconds, and Jasper was face down. <laughs> belly down, starfishing in that sand, and yeah. throughout our entire three nights and days on the island, he literally did that, I'm going to say hundreds of times, and yeah. he would just say to me, Mum, I just love it. It's like the beach version of a snow angel. He was doing sand angels. Yeah, but mm. on his belly. It was so awesome, and we just thought, why not? You go for it, kid. If that really is, you know, your connection, you just get in there and get as sandy as you can. So... 
as a side note, we were actually booked for two nights and we'd been there 10 minutes and we extended our stay by a night straight away. We, we were met on the beach by Jeff Mercer. Jeff and his wife, Diana, uh, have owned and operated a holiday village or resort style accommodation on the island for just over 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff is the most wonderful host and he picked us up in his four-wheel drive ute straight off the beach, straight off the ferry. Off we went up to the village uh, and there we were being asked, uh, look, you can stay another night if you like. <laughs> we're like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was an easy decision. Sign us up. In all honesty, I mean, we could have easily stayed weeks sure. longer. Yeah, it's there's something really special about the place, and it isn't just the crystal clear water and the incredible sand and the eighteen palm trees. Perfect beaches, eighteen. That's right, eighteen perfect beaches. It doesn't matter where the weather is is coming from, the which way the wind is blowing. You can literally find a picture perfect what you would picture as a, a an island paradise, beach and view at any time of the day from any part of the island. It is truly magnificent. And more than likely, you are one of very few, if not the only human, standing on that beach. It's pretty amazing. And look, there is part reason for this. Uh, and I don't think it's because it's, you know, it's isolated, it's difficult to get to because it's it's it, not. It, it is, is certainly accessible. As far as an island paradise mm. goes, it's probably one of the easiest. I mean, you could literally leave any capital city in Australia, you know, 9 a.m. in the morning and be sipping a cocktail on the beach at 3 in the afternoon. I, I mean, that's accessible to me. Right? <laughs> Sounds fantastic, actually. So there have been resorts, uh, major resorts and operators and a, an airstrip and... Um, different facilities over the years come and go. In fact, there's a major resort there at the moment that is is closed up. But, um, you know, it's quite interesting. It's almost like it's just people just kind of left and it's just boarded up, you know. Um, and that's on one um, end of, of only one of the beaches. But then the rest of the island is this completely natural, rugged island reserve almost, you know, that is as Kate mentioned, on the southern end of the Great Barrier Reef, and which means it's in a green zone for the aquamarine life. So you're surrounded by this abundance of natural environment, natural wildlife, and breathtaking scenery. Really is a wonderful environment that Jeff and Diana have created at the Holiday Village. And it has a real sense of peacefulness and community. It's mm quite removed from any holiday experience I think I've ever had in that sort of environment when you're on an island. Um, There's no airs or graces. It's a really just very relaxed, be-who-you-are kind of environment that is encouraged by Jeff. In fact, one of the things that he said to us when we sat down for a chat on arrival was sleep is a requirement of staying here. You need to just, I think he said it's an activity, it's an Mm. exercise. You know, people go there and catch up on sleep. He called it the sleeping village, didn't he? He did. They slow down. They, I think you remember 
just the good stuff and what's important. And the community part of the village is really fantastic. They have all the activities that you would want to do as part of a stay on an island and you can uh, get equipment to go snorkeling, you can get a wetsuit, mm -hmm. there are beach toys for the children, but it all operates on an honesty system. So rather than having an activities uh, area or desk manned by a staff member, seriously, you pop a few bucks in a box and you can help yourself to a wetsuit, to snorkel gear. There's also a, a little, um, I guess, shop, if you will, with staple items that, again, you just pop your money into the honesty box. And the feel of that alone, I really loved that. Yeah, and I think it also speaks to the philosophy and the nature of what Jeff is creating there and has created. Uh, the environment is about you know lowering your your footprint i don't think it's it's really mentioned it just is part of the experience mm. he's installed enough solar um panels now to completely run the whole village mm -hmm. which is quite unique uh for a small operator mm. i think uh there's also rainwater um tank for for your fresh water and then they are drawing water up out of the t the uh, the table there to have showers and other things as well. Mm. Jeff's whole philosophy is well, we found really engaging. In fact, I will say we pretty much immediately fell in love with him and his philosophy, his values, and his personality. Mm. He. He was introduced to us actually as Mr. GKI and he definitely has a special connection with the island and, I mean, after 40 years you would think that that is just a natural occurrence but he's probably one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet and he treats the island and the holiday village with such a respect and talks mm. about the connection that people have when they go there and the feelings that they feel and it... It possibly sounds a little bit airy-fairy, but it's not that at all. It just feels special and calm and connected. I think so, and very real. It's not a five-star accommodation setup. It's not a five-star resort. Um, you know, it's it's really pretty basic in its presentation, its layout. Uh, it really comes down to how uncluttered it is and, and how basic it is that I think makes you feel so at ease and mm. makes you straight away feel disconnected from you know there's no wi-fi uh, uh you know we've got 4g phones so we were you know of course you full phone full service, phone service but it was nice to have that not connected you know and not connecting to emails mm. and to really uh enjoying and immersing yourself in that environment in the natural environment it, it is truly a world-class island uh, you feel more like you're opposed to being at, you know, one of these sort of fancy resorts. You, you more feel like you're a castaway. Uh, or almost at home as a castaway. That's very much how I felt. Yeah, we right. stayed in the Dolphin Cottage, which is a two-bedroom little beach cottage or beach shack, and uh, there's no shops or facilities over on the island. So you can take all of your groceries over with you, which we did, and I really did. I felt instantly at home. You're cooking meals in your own kitchen. You are living a, a, a beautiful home life, but 
you know you're on an island so um yeah i really loved that part of it mm. and besides the dolphin co cottage or the the beach shack and it really is a beach shack uh there is also glamping i guess you'd really refer to mm. it uh single and double um glamping tents, tents other cottages that uh, can sleep i think four people with their own uh, bathrooms and then there's a communal kitchen as well which allows for a really shared experience for people to come and go as they like make a cup of tea lay back in one of the hammocks there's a long table uh, that literally i think brings people together you know from uh, in Jeff's words, people with backpacks, not necessarily backpackers, people traveling the world mm -hmm. to professional couples, to families, to all sit around and, and communicate, which, you know, without sort of your phones in front of your face, it's a really, really mm -hmm. special environment that he's created. And uh, yeah, one that we can't wait to go back for. And I have to say, Jeff was the ultimate host. He uh, took us in his boat for a tour around the island. And it is spectacular. There are so many changing environments on the island itself and some parts of it, I mean, you could swear you were in Maui, in Hawaii. Yeah, it's um, reminded me of that. There was rugged cliffs. There was, you know, full, thick vegetation. There were epically amazing beaches with not a single soul on them. Yeah, we saw, uh, you know, an, an abundance of wildlife Um both on the land and, and in the ocean. Uh, the guests that we met later that night said, hey, did you see the pot of whales? Uh, we're like, no, but we saw sea turtles mm -hmm. and dolphins. And, yeah, stingrays. Uh, and We got to go uh, snorkeling. Yeah, that's right. You and Jasper yeah, tried Jasper, your hand. Jasper had a go. Uh, and we will actually, again, put the, the details for the YouTube video that we have done on that whole experience that showcases it so beautifully mm. with the incredible drone footage of and the underwater footage as well because it it probably sells it so much better than we ever can here i do have to give a shout out to theo a young man that we met over there that is working uh, with whopper holidays works with jeff mercer also works with the dive um, company that's on the island that had taken some footage uh, while we were there from his drone of some dolphins and a pot of dolphins swimming at the front of the beach we were staying. So um, thank you, Theo. That footage is in the final edit as well and a must-see. I think we could talk about Great Keppel Island and our experience there for hours. Mm. I do have to say if you're listening to this and you are thinking, I'd like to go there or I've been thinking about an island escape, definitely check it out. It is absolutely worth it. Absolutely. Whether you are an, a listener from within Australia or overseas planning a trip to Australia, Great Keppel Island is an absolute must and a visit to, to meet this true Aussie character, uh, Mr. Great Keppel Island. <laughs> Jeff Mercer is a must. Definitely. Add it, add it to your itinerary. <laughs> so I think we will wrap up this week's episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we have got another wonderful week planned ahead of us as we head down toward Gladstone. So we're heading south along the eastern seaboard of Australia to the Gladstone region. Yeah, and that takes in also the towns of Agnes Water and 1770, which is known as the birthplace of Queensland. So looking forward to exploring down there again, some beautiful beaches and coastline. We'd love you to connect with us on social media and our website at www thefeelgoodfamily.com.au and of course you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, 
and YouTube. Yes, our YouTube channel, The Feel Good Family, is going great guns. We have a weekly episode every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., so make sure that you subscribe, click the, uh, the bell notification so you don't miss an episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Dream big, look after your family. And happy trails. Bye.